Hef, how are you, mate? Good. Very Back. good. How are you? More to the point. I'm and good. And a big congratulations, mate. Thank you, um, mate. Thank you. The birth of your third child. Number three that I've claimed anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get in trouble for that, actually. You will. You will. Uh, but thanks, mate. Yeah, it's been um, two weeks since we've done an episode, so... Um, yeah, it's good. It's good to be back, actually, and you know, get a few runs on the board and get outside of um, the crazy craziness of uh, a newborn baby. Getting any sleep? I'm getting plenty. The wife's getting zero. So um, that's not fair, mate. <laughs> it's not fair. No, I'm not getting a lot, if I'm honest. But good. We're I'm glad, uh, <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. And long may it continue. Yeah, the, the wife will dispute that as well. But yeah, it's been. Um, it's been a good run. Um, Mum and bub is as healthy as can be, so that's the positive. Um, when you uh, have a new, you know, you've, you've got two kids, so you, um, when your wife goes through labour and you um, get a newfound for, uh, not there was no respect before, but um, very proud of my wife in terms of what, what she goes through and had to go through to, um, to continue uh, and build the family. Amazing, yeah, uh, I couldn't agree more. All right, let's talk. Let's talk about some football. What's been happening, mate? Anyway, in your world, not a lot. Just working away, um, signing players, getting ready for the new W League season. We still don't quite have any uh, dates confirmed, anything concrete just yet. But we are looking around the December January start. That's what we're planning around anyway. Get ourselves a good foundation of players that we feel that we can go and achieve even better results than, than what we did last season. Last season was all about creating history and, and we definitely did that at the Wanderers for the W League. The big thing for us this year is when we get back in is that we break every single one of those records and we set ourselves up now by laying the foundation to make sure that we can do that. So a lot of hard work going on at the moment, which is good, doing that and also a full-time chauffeur for the kids and their sport. So good times. I feel your pain, mate. I'm doing the same thing. So... Um as well as uh, cooking and cleaning, as I always do. Um, and I do as I'm told. Come on. I do as I'm told. <laughs> we all do as we're told, but you you are definitely not cooking and cleaning. You're probably right, actually. All right, let's 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 um, let's get into it. Um, A-League, mate, there's been plenty of happening. Um, I'm completely out of the loop in the last two weeks. We've been living in a little baby bubble. Um, well, the last two weeks, you probably missed about 50 games then. <laughs> I think I have. But that's all right. Um, the top six is pretty much locked. Well, it is locked and loaded now. Um, there's number six is still in question. Um, you know, there's a mathematical chance, I guess, Adelaide could get back in if Western United lose by 35 goals in two games. <laughs> yeah, and look, <laughs> the funny thing about that is is that they have to stay in their bubble, in their lockdown, until the games are played and until it can show that it is no longer mathematically possible. So couple more days for the Adelaide guys to, to be around it. Look, they fell short, only just. They were dominating against Melbourne City. I would have thought that it would have pushed Western United a little bit more if they had to beat City. But then before you knew it, they were down 2-0. And that's the way football can work sometimes. But they should be proud of how they've performed. And look, hopefully they'll get back to their families by the end of the week. Yeah, nice one, mate. Um, and top six, um, as it stands now, uh, Sydney FC, number one, Melbourne City, number two, uh, Wellington in three, Brisbane in four, um, Perth in five, and West United in six. Um, still three games to go, I think it is. Three games. So tonight we've got Wellington and Newcastle. 
to finish off their seasons respectively. Also, Sydney and Melbourne City have to play against West United. So they're the two games. So it is possible for West United to lose 15-0 over two legs, but we'll soon see. Yeah, they well, look, I, I highly doubt it. They're the form team of the comp. <laughs> <laughs> they're not going to lose. They're not going to lose. They're not going to no. lose. No. Um, they're, you know, they're, they're, they look, you know, they've had a really good um, run of what, the last seven to ten days, I think it is, of a lot of games. Um, they definitely look like the form team coming into finals time. Um, and any time you want your team to peak, you know, I guess, at this end of the season. So what's your thoughts, mate, with the top six? Where, where does it all kind of lay out at the moment? I guess there's no surprises there except for the bottom. The bottom, that bottom place, sixth spot, was always going to be up in up for grabs by a couple of different teams. I'm, I'm a little bit surprised in terms of Melbourne victory and how their season ended up. Uh, not surprised about Mariners. Um, Newcastle, I guess, possibly could have been a little bit higher, but they're in a bit of the same boat as Adelaide in terms of they started the season really slow. They got rid of their coaches and reappointed someone that they believe can take them into the future and judging off their second half of the season or from when they took over each club, I'd have to tend to agree with that, that they're in a very good position and have laid a platform of something to build on for next season, but still should be very disappointed with how this season ended up. So, um, But then, yeah, of course, back to your question, Sydney FC winning the league. They're just a juggernaut, been doing it for the last five years or so. Um, Melbourne City are one to keep a real close eye on. I think Jamie McLaren is in such good form. Just scores goals week in, week out. And whoever comes up against him in the final series will have to keep a close eye on him. And then the next four spots were, you know, kind of what we'd expect as well. Yeah, for sure. And and I guess when you look at, um, you know, one through to six, you know, I've already said Western United are the obvious ones in terms of form. Um, Sydney FC seem to have dropped off a little bit. Do you think that they've, you know, tried to rest players and, um, not take it easy is probably the wrong wrong words, but start to think about the finals now that they've got the, the plate wrapped up? Yeah, for sure. I think Sydney are definitely resting some players and, and giving some young players a good opportunity to get some good minutes and experience uh, within the A-League. And obviously that's only going to put them in a good, a better position for next year. And in finals, just in case someone does get injured, you know, they've still got Ryan Grant to come back. They were able to rest Alex Wilkinson, last week who was on the bench for the first time in his his career as an A-League player in nearly 300 games. So it says a lot for them to be able to do that and rest players and they've, they've earned that right as well to be able to do that. So they're in a good position. They'll be fresh and ready to go for the finals and they've still got that one more game to play which isn't too far away from their first finals game as well. If they had already finished their season, then you'd think, okay, they're going to have two weeks off now. It's going to be tricky for them to plan and how the strength conditioning coach might be able to work that and Steve Corica. But they've got West United um, as the last game of the A-League season. So they're in a pretty good position. It's it's a good, it's a good not warm-up game, but it's a good game for Sydney to have right now to try and find some form and find their feet again and you know put their strongest line-up forward. Yeah, I mean, but they've been okay. They're still playing the same football. They've they've been bringing in a lot of young players, a lot of young players. Ryan Grant is huge for that team. The young player that's filled in for him, I just can't remember his name at the moment. The young young right back that's been playing for Sydney FC has been brilliant for them as well. Very similar to Ryan Grant in how he drives out of, with the ball and, and tries to create things and getting positions to deliver crosses. But 
look, I, I think they're in a good position. They're going to have all their players fit for the semis and that's the main thing for them going into that series. Yeah, so one and two um, get a break in the finals and then the other teams play off and then um, goes through into a semi-final format. Who's your tip, Hev? Who who you think are the top two or who do you think will make the final? It's so hard to judge with these teams. Come on, mate. Any of these teams can beat anyone. You'd have to think that Perth Glory even though they're not in the best of form, you'd have to think that they'd be a big chance of getting through to the finals just because Tony Popovich and, and Foxy will know all the other teams back to front. They'll be prepared. They'll be ready. They'll be very hard to break down. And they've got the ability to score goals through Kilkenny into Fornaroli and Kianese and players like that who will come up with an important goal if needed and get a 1-0 win. So you'd have to think that Perth are a chance uh, Brisbane's been very good. Wellington will be very hard. That That's a big game if they face each other. Um, but, yeah. Stop sitting on the fence. <laughs> Who's one and two? One and the grand final will probably be Sydney and City. Sydney and City. Okay. I think that'll be the first time they've played in a grand final as well. They're the, t- they're the two teams that you would um, expect to, to play in the final. I think there'll be a surprise, though. I think um, Western United, depending on how they line up in the uh, the semi, um, I think they're a big chance of making the final based on the form right now. Yeah, for sure. And the run of games that they've got as well. So they've got the game that they played uh, last night. Was it last night? The night before? Whenever that was. There's been so much football. Uh, but then they've also got City and Sydney to play against. So that'll give them a good two really tough games leading into a final series. And... Um, yeah, they'll have their time to freshen up and get everyone ready and make sure that they're all fit to play in the series. For sure. And I, I guess who are the players to stand, you know, are going to sort of stand up through the final series? Um, Sydney, who do you think are the two, the top two, I guess, players that for mine that will kind of lead the team? Look, I'll give you three. Okay. I'll give you three. So the skipper, Alex Wilkinson at the back. So the good thing about Sydney is they play such good football, but they don't often take too many risks and they don't concede a lot of goals. They've got a really experienced back line. They score, they definitely score a lot of goals and and that's why they did finish first, but they don't take a lot of risk at the back. Teams plan all week and will put sessions aside just to play in a a high press or a way of defending against Sydney, but Sydney or Redmayne will just push everyone out and they'll play long and they'll get it on the second phase and they'll have the ball in the middle third then and they'll play their football from there. So, I don't expect a lot of goals conceded from Sydney. Um, I expect someone like Lafondra and Ninkovic in particular to really step up and, and really show why they've dominated this league over the last couple of seasons and why Sydney's always at the top of the table. I'll give you some stats, or you can guess some stats, actually. Yeah. Top goals for the season. As in club or player? Club. Sydney. Sydney. Uh, goals conceded. The most conceded? Most conceded. Well, let's go the lowest conceded. Well, we're, it's well, an obvious one. Sydney. Sydney. Sydney conceded. The highest, the highest goal scoring, lowest conceding. Fairly obvious. Um, in terms of total shots. Total shots. Hmm. I'm going to give Melbourne City the total shots. I don't know. I've lost that sheet. <laughs> <laughs> I just made that up. <laughs> How good's that? Uh, but I do know, I do know from, <laughs> from uh, memory that uh, Sydney were actually the last place in total shots. 
which tells you that they they clinical. wait they they're clinical. <laughs> They wait for the uh, the right opportunity, um, and they're not they're not just bludgeoning it from everywhere. So yeah, they're, well, they're not shooting from outside the box. So often you see them get crosses in from right down on the byline, just inside the eighteen yard box, little flicks on the edge of the box to get the striker free inside around the penalty spot area, and and that's why they're so clinical because they're in really good scoring um, areas. Yeah, nice one, um, Melbourne City. Yes. Uh, Player-wise. <laughs> yes, go on. <laughs> they're in the comp. Um, in terms of players, who are the players to watch out for Melbourne City? Uh, look, definitely McLaren. Yeah. Definitely He's McLaren. Going. He's got 20-odd goals already. Looks like he'll get the golden boot. On McLaren, what do you think um, for him? You know, he's gone back, back and forth overseas and into, the say, the European leagues. In terms of what he's doing, he's he's doing more than enough, I think. But when you when you're talking about a striker... In Europe, it's a massive step. You know, the best players uh, in Europe, we know that. You know, you can sneak into Europe as a left back or a right back. And if you're... A, you can, can't you, Dean? <laughs> if, you're, if you're a striker, you're going to be expected to get the same amount of goals when you're over there in Europe. There's no reason why he can't do it, that's for sure. From what I've seen of him, very good player. He's definitely the standout in the A-League. You know, 100%. He, he's, uh, he's, he's very strong. Uh, Wellington... In terms of players, who would you, who do you like the look of? Who's who's going to be the game changer for them? For me, I like Hooper. He's a different beast in the A League, and and someone that in the A League players probably aren't used to. He's big. He's strong. He's obviously played a lot of football in England and and for Celtic. So he's an interesting one to watch. He brings Debilia into the game. You got someone like Kakache up and down the left hand side. So. Very good side. I like the way they play. We've spoken about it before. They play in a similar way to Sydney FC. Overload the midfield and get their attacking width from the fullbacks. The nines are, are happy to drop in, and when they do, the tens will go beyond them. So it's yeah, I, I really like the way they play and set up, and they've had a great year, and they'll be one to watch in the finals for sure. Brisbane? I know we're going one by one, but I'm, I'm actually curious to see what you think. Scott McDonald will be the difference for them. I think he's he's hitting some form. He's scoring some goals. We've always known he can score goals because he's done it everywhere he's gone. And I'm actually really happy to see him scoring goals here because I think what happened for him with the Socceroos and and just not being able to hit the back of the net as often as he was in his in his club football, up against the likes of Viduka and and other strikers, Harry Kuehl and Cahill, he's a gun striker. And it's just good to see him scoring goals. He'll be one in the final series, big game player as well, and big games, so one to keep an eye on. Yeah, O'Shea's another one as well. I think he's he's uh, I think he's number one on total chances created um, across the A League as well. He's um, I think he's number one with um, Dimi Petrados from New, uh, Newcastle. But chances created, Dimi. Chances created, yeah. Um, I think they're around seventy-ish. Total chances created across the um, the entire league, and that says a lot. You know, Dimmy, we know he's always going to create chances. They probably if this was the season that Newcastle didn't have an out and out striker. They bought in Roy O'Donovan, Roy O'Donovan during the season, who was able to fill that void. But like we said, they just weren't able to get there in the end. Uh, but very good one, a team that you know you can see next year. They with their new coach, they'll definitely be a team to watch as well. Yeah, Perth. Yeah, defensively, structurally, very strong. Probably won't concede too many goals. As we said, Fornaroli can score at any moment. He definitely wasn't in form last night, but 
big games, as I said just before, big games, big players. He'll stand up. He'll definitely score in the finals. And who, and who holds holds it together in the back for Perth? Yeah, they've chopped and changed a little bit at the back, I think, in terms of their, their back three. Um, but Kilkenny, he, he's the driving force within that team. He he pulls them all in defensively. He gets them into positions with with the ball as well and um, gets their fullbacks bombing on. And I think yeah, Kilkenny's the one that will drive them through the final series for sure. Nice. And then Western United, I think this one's pretty obvious. Oh. Berisha up front. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Not so obvious. Not so uh, obvious. Nah, look, Berisha, absolute beast. Would have loved to have, have a, had a guy like that on my team. We kind of did, actually, with Matty Simon throughout the years and different players like Shane Smeltz or Billy Mehmet. But, um, yeah, you know what you're going to get from him. And he's played in, in many a final series in the A-League, won many a title with every club he's been at. He's the kind of player you definitely want in your team in the finals. Yeah, I tip Berisha to get the golden boot. Two games to go. I think he'll. Um, I think there he's on even, even uh, golden boot at the moment with um, McLaren. No, I think he's four or five behind. No, no, I think they're nineteen each. Could be wrong. McLaren's on twenty, something like that. Fonda's got nineteen. Someone else has nineteen, and then Berisha has, I think, fifteen. Maybe after last night. You're correct. McLaren is on twenty. Lafondra is on 19 and Barish is on 18. 18. There you go. Well, he is a big chance. He's a big chance. Although he's playing against McLaren as well. But that'll be one, a, a little game within itself, one that, that'll play out over the next week or so. Be interesting to keep an eye on. So the Mariners, there's been talk about community ownership. It's popular overseas in the Bundesliga, whereby commercial investors are prohibited from owning more than 49% of the football club under a 50 plus one rule. So that allows clubs and fans to hold the majority of the voting rights. So if you look at it in a numbers game, uh, if they were able to get 5,000 members to put in $500 each, that'd be two and a half mil, which okay. is a big chunk of money. So so what you're saying is the fans would buy an equity stake back into the club. So for example, $500 would buy you a one seat if it was 5,000 total in, in given out. Is that right? Yeah, something like that. I mean, they didn't go into too much depth. It was just more of this is how it would or could work, yep. more to the point, more could work. But look, there's a lot of things that have to go within that, but I guess it just gives them a seat at the table in terms of voting. So a way of getting funds for a struggling club. There was also talk about other A-League club owners having a bailout fund for the Mariners and getting it back to a point, or a Newcastle, for example, getting it back to a point where it is healthy and sustainable more focused on the budget and the broadcasting agreement and who gets what out of that for this coming season. I'll just throw in there how good the level has been in the A-League in these games over the last month. Uh, fitness levels, performance, these players being in hubs away from their families. The, the football that's been on display has been brilliant to watch. Some of the goals, some of the, the way the teams are playing and tactically and Watching them evolve over the last six weeks has been brilliant. Well done to the players. Congratulations to them. There wouldn't be a game if it wasn't for these players making these sacrifices to be here and do what they're doing. You only have to look at Adelaide now, waiting to see if West United lose 15-0. So, well done to all of them. Congratulations. They've definitely put on a great show and I can't wait to see the finals. Cool. Thanks, mate. On to Europe. Uh Let's just do a quick review. We plan to do yep. a review of Europe before my wife selfishly went and had a baby early. 
So we'll run through it. But, um, you know, I, I obviously follow the Premier League um, pre- pretty closely and some of the other leagues within Europe. Um, the, you know, we know what the how the top six ended up falling in the Premier League. So we ended up having Liverpool, Man City, Man U, Chelsea, Leicester and Tottenham. Um, top four obviously goes through to Europe. Uh, top six goes through to Europa. Um, Relegation-wise, Bournemouth, Watford and Norwich went down. Um, promotion has now been finalised. Leeds, uh, West Bromwich and Fulham are coming up. Can't wait to watch Leeds in the Prem. Leeds are already busy in the transfer market as well. Are they? Who they are. They? are. They're um, I don't Arsenal know. players? Uh, a couple a couple of lower league guys are getting some experience in there and they're just bolstering their squad. Good. Yeah, so um, I did read an article, though, um, that the manager, who is my doppelganger, um, he hasn't re-signed his contract yet. Oh, really? So what do you think's happening with that? Where did you read that article? I'm going to have to Google that right now. Google it right now as we go through. But um, it, it's an interesting one because... Um, you know, there's a lot of talk. I think he was thrown up for Barcelona at some point. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if that's true, but I remember reading that somewhere in a tweet or um, some sort of social media. Um, Premier League is, you know, is uh, going to restart on the 12th of September. A lot of transfer news, a lot of big signings already. Chelsea are um, at the front in terms of big signings. Um a lot of talk with Man U. Um, obviously, I follow Man U pretty closely, being a fan. But Sancho is one that's, um, you know, pretty uh, at the forefront. You know, I think they won $120 million for Sancho. Apparently, he just spoke out. His first interview in 12 months in the last 24 hours as well. Might have to Google that one next. But, yeah, it's just a... You are correct about Marcello Bielsa. He has not signed yet, but they do say he's an assiduous individual whatever that means on goal.com well done guys but prefers to take his time to carefully consider all things from preparing for a game and scouting a player to signing a contract so you can only imagine how much depth he's going in for himself and his own contracts but um look he's he achieved what he set out to achieve by going to Leeds if there is talk of Barcelona and other clubs then maybe that's why he hasn't signed yet but yeah, look, I really hope he does because I'd love to see him in the Premier League with Leeds United and, and keep playing the football that they've played to get themselves there. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how much these clubs spend. Um, coronavirus has, has hit everybody pretty heavily, um, so funds are way down. But, you know, as we said, Sancho's the big the big transfer of the year. Um, he will, you know, um, Borussia want big dollars for him. There's a lot of talk that we're going to stagger payments. Um, I think there was talks of 70 million up front, this is euros, 70 million up front, and then staggering payments over the next three years to get to the 120. Yep. Um, he's come out, as you said, he's come out with a statement saying he likes playing with the Borussia players. Um, I don't see, I, I think that move is going to definitely happen. Everything that I've read, um, you know, pretty legitimate sources, they're all saying it's going to happen. It's just a matter of, um, Coming, coming to the agreement with the dollars and, and come, you know, they'll, they'll squeeze Man U for as much as they can. Um, and if any club's going to pay, it's going to be Man U. Yeah, fair enough. And I'm just reading an article on it now and you're pretty spot on with with your little wrap-up of that, mate. So there you go. moving right on. Now, Juventus, a lot of news coming out in the last week. Can you believe they win the league, get knocked out of Champions League, they sack the coach, sorry, and then they hire... 
Fiolo after, was it a day or a couple of hours or what? Uh, straight after the match. Straight sacked the coach match. and hired Perlo. Yeah. And he's been coaching for nine days, the under-23 squad. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. They've definitely got to have experienced heads around him and a team of people to help him succeed, and I'm sure they will. There's so many moving parts to a football team, let alone everything around that that he's going to have to manage as well. Who am I to sit here and offer advice to Andre Pirlo, one of the best players to ever grace the field? I'm happy to. <laughs> Good luck to him, mate, at Juventus. He's got some uh, big players there, but he's already said that he wants to get rid of Aaron Ramsey, which is fair enough. Matiti's now gone as well. Okay, so he's already starting to reshuffle. He'd be watching every single game. He'd have an idea in his head of what he needs to do um, to win the Champions League because that's obviously what you have to do at Juventus. That's right. It's um, it, What do you think? Is is this a new common trend? A lot of younger um, managers coming through. Um, does this, you know, like a lot of clubs are going, seems like a lot of clubs are going back to, you know, ex-players that, live and breathe and know um, the culture of these clubs and bring it in rather than a third party or a, a coach that's new? Yeah, look, that side of things is is hugely important to any football club. Um, there's, there's a history at each of these clubs where it's built around a community. When they've had success, it's built around a city and their football can often reflect the type of people that live in that area and that's what also puts bums in seats and creates that relationship between fans and clubs. I think he's a great choice. He's got to have that experience around him. As I said, there's so many things that he's going to need to manage and he, he, he knows the game, that's for sure. And it's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult for him, but he knows what Juventus is all about. He knows that nothing less than what he's just seen and why he's got the job that not making the Champions League semi-finals or, or winning it. I don't know what his, uh, his deal is going to be, but he better win the league. and um, Nine in a row. Yeah, look. Ventus have had nine in a row winning the league. Yeah, there's just so many things with management. And coming from a player straight into the role, it's completely different. It's It's got nothing to do with being a player. Yeah, you, you don't want to ever forget what it was like to be a player, especially when you're coaching because there's so many things happening for players and, and you can, it does give you an advantage in the end having played the game because you've been in the position that these players are in. You've gone through a lot of the things that they've gone through so you can empathise with them. But a lot of coaches don't do that. Um, a lot of coaches just say, well, if you're not hitting those targets or if you're not running over this amount of time, then you're not playing. Whereas uh, last week, we were hitting these numbers this week you're not is everything cool at home are you okay do you need a day off what's happening that's management yeah right because i i you know you've got chelsea lampard uh solskjaer uh, man U. so there's a lot of it seems to be a trend that's happening more and more i think the Mourinho's, um these older coaches you know the coaches were at the top of the game a few years ago and now Probably at the second tier clubs in the major leagues. Well, Lam um, Lampard had a had a year or two at Derby, and he was also assistant for a little bit there as well with Man City, was he, or somewhere? But Solskjaer was coaching in in obviously in Denmark and and did well. Big, big difference. Big difference. Yeah. Big difference. Lampard but, didn't get promoted, 
but possibly one of the main things is as well by having a club legend like that they get more time instead of people calling for their heads they'll get another season if they don't get success straight away look at Solskjaer anyone else possibly would have got sacked early on but now he's turned it around he's got the players he wants he's got them playing how he wants to play so yeah onwards and upwards for Man United they need what do they need do you think they need two or three to at least two seasons you know they need a few transfer windows to get you know clear through some of the um you know some of the I guess legacy players or what do you think like how much time do you need it just depends on what the club wants. A club like Man United need to be at the top of the table. Um, it depends on your budget. If you've got a budget like Pep Guardiola, you just buy a new one and a better one for any position you want. £250 million pounds or something like that. Yeah, look, and you definitely can't. Look, you can't say things like Pep can't. I mean, yeah, he gets the budget, but he's got a style of play and he's revolutionised the game. Um, but he's got the bank account to revolutionise it. That's it, mate. That's all. That's all I've got here. Um, that was that was planned, as I said weeks ago, to cover that off. It was a little bit more detailed than that, but um, I guess we missed. You know, two weeks has been a lot been happening in football news, mate. A lot happening in personal news. Congrats again. Thank on you. The new baby, the new addition to the family. Um, yeah, good to be back. Get another seat, another podcast in, and back again next week. Awesome, mate. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Uh, Like, share, follow on Podbean. Talk to everyone soon.